0: Welcome to the Man City Show, it's Nigel Rothman back in the chair, and we all get a bit nervous, don't we, before playing that team in red from just outside Manchester. Uh, It's always a bit of typical city in our minds, but what a joy, what a pleasure to spend time on this show reflecting on a thrashing, particularly in the second half during that Premier League fixture at the weekend. We'll also look back on an intriguing FA Cup tie at the Posh at Peterborough, and we look forward to sporting on Wednesday and Palace at the at, sorry it's not the weekend it's Monday of course isn't it next week against Palace uh, other things as well other good news this weekend which I'm going to leave to Paul Denby uh, to uh, to start off we've also got Steve Cox with us and Spencer Debson welcome gents one and all but but Stato you start us off with the fact that it wasn't just a thrashing against our neighbours there was a couple of other decent results at the weekend as well for all City fans to celebrate
3: yeah it's not quite a tennis score but it sounds like it could be 5-1-4-1-3-1 um The under-18s won the uh, the first derby of the weekend, thrashing their other team in red from Manchester away from home, five-one. I watched the highlights of it on, on the city's uh, website, and we've got a couple of useful-looking players. I know they're under 18, but hopefully they'll they'll come through, uh, including a great hat trick by I think pronounce this correctly, Carlos Borges. Uh, he, he was looked like a very useful player. And another mm. midfield player that was playing that put on a couple of great passes, a guy called Josh Adam, looked very useful as well. A couple of names for the future, but a great start to the weekend. Then at um, five, uh, just after five o'clock, in between, sort of flipping between, hoping that uh, the Scousers would lose to West Ham, which they obviously didn't. I, I flipped between there and the, and the City Ladies winning the um, of the League Cup with, with a 3-1 win, 1-0 down at half-time. Didn't play particularly well in the first half of the bits I saw. Second half they were magnificent and completely outplayed Chelsea, deserving the trophy. Caroline Weir has got such a special touch. The way she uh, those of you who remember she scored those two goals in the derby matches this season, this season and last season, and she's just a great footballer. You see the way she plays the ball. The, the third goal for City, the one she scored, was uh, on, on the volley about eight, ten yards out. Brilliant control, top corner. Um, that won it, and they were obviously delighted for the, the whole of Manchester City.
0: Uh, to, just to correct you, if I may, City women, of course. I think there were City ladies in the 70s, possibly. I think they're City <laughs> women now, just so, yeah. so, just to get it right. Um, Thank you. And, uh, no, it's all right. Here to help, of course, but uh, fantastic. Uh, so, Steve, I know, I know you follow, follow the, the, the youth sides as well yourself, quite quite enthusiastically as well, and been to a few games over the years. You must be pleased as well with that before we get on to the uh, yeah. the derby itself.
1: It was it was an excellent game, um, City-United scored first, um, and then City scored five unanswered goals. And, and to be fair, you know, the fact that it stopped at five was um, a godsend for United. It could have easily been ten, to be fair. Um, I thought they played really well. Borgias had a great game, actually, and he probably could have scored five or six Um with, with, with a little bit more help and a kind run of the ball. I think he hit the post at least once. Josh Adam was great. He, had he hit the bar um, on at least one occasion. So there's a lot of hope for the future there. They really look good, tight team, and they play exactly the same way as the first team do. So hopefully they'll just fit in as and when required.
0: And please pleased for Gareth as well to to get that trophy under his belt, being under a little bit of pressure, uh, which is good to see. And, of course, Chelsea, who are, everybody talks about them being unbeatable, of course, that unbeatable Chelsea side who seem to win trophies at will. So, so really excellent weekend all round. Um, Spencer, listen, start us off, please, um, at this, uh, this little matter of a, a game at the Etihad Stadium. On Sunday afternoon, let's just where, where do we start? Go on, you kick us off wherever you oh. want to start. So you wax lyrical for as long as you like, my friend.
2: Well, it was lovely. It was absolutely lovely. I mean, there's always uh, a bit of hesitation, isn't there, before a derby game? We've all been to many over the years, and truth be told, until the last you know, eight to ten years, uh, we were generally on the side of, uh, of a beating uh, uh, against Stretford. and we played very, very well at uh, Old Trafford convincing victory somehow I don't really know why I had a seed of doubt before the game I suppose the the remnants of the Spurs result was still there Mm -hmm. um, whilst not imagining that we wouldn't um, give it our best our best shot Um, and you know from the very beginning uh, we looked fluid Uh, I like the team Uh, I liked I was excited to see Grealish again back after injury and I think getting a little bit into his stride KDB coming back to his very best and I thought we started the game off off well Uh, and it became a bit of a, you know, we've got the first goal, Uh, really good bit of industry, great cutback. I mean, that was a sort of a bit of a dead ball. Bernardo somehow um, fished it out, KDB 1-0. And I think we all sort of relaxed into it then and thought, right, we've got the first goal, Uh, on we go from here. And I think United, to be fair, in the first half put up a a good show. Uh, You know, they came back. Um, A great individual goal, it has to be said, by Sancho. Um, but I think that really represented what United are all about. They're a team of individuals. Uh, And then as we moved into the second half, we absolutely moved up a gear and... Uh, I mean, the heat, the heat map of United in our half, second half was more like an ice bath, wasn't it? I mean, it was absolute one-way traffic. Um, the absolute beauty, uh, the things that we love. I mean, the, the way that Mares just picked that goal out of air and stroked it past. I just thought you had me jumping out of my seat. Overall, very, very convincing victory um you know roy Keane was not very happy afterwards was he i took a bit of a perverse pleasure in in seeing his reaction uh, michael richards jumping up and down a fantastic win and it sets us up really nicely for the rest of the season and i think we're all we're all happy happy at this point uh, after that performance
0: yeah, can I just talk about uh, Steve, just kind of before the game, because obviously there was a, some news in terms of who kind of wasn't playing. We, we knew, of course, there was going to be no Diaz and, you, and no Ake, uh, so kind of the central centre back pairing kind of picked itself really. Um, and there was talk, you know, of clearly you know, Sterling. He's he's made had a resurgence recently. Grealish, not sure. So, so but then on the other side, there was some some bloke who's. Thirty-nine or something, or forty years of age, who, who didn't turn up, couldn't be asked, or whatever. So, so uh, just talk, talk. me first. To talk to us first about kind of the kind of the selection, the sort of team lineup, and how you saw that before we necessarily get into any more detail on the game itself.
1: Well, I think um, looking at it, um, Pet obviously decided that he saw enough of Grealish during the week that he should be picking him for the weekend. He had a good game against Pretoria, looked fit, looked sharp. Um, so it was always going to be a toss-up over whether it was Grealish or Sterling or Mahrez or Sterling, and actually Mahrez didn't really play much during the week, and probably it was his turn to play. Um, and 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 actually it turned out, whether by design or by by accident, to be a really good selection because I I think Wambasaka is still seeing. Grealish and Foden and Silver and Cancello whirling around his head in his dreams, I suspect, and not knowing which one of them is coming from which direction at which time, because the poor guy looked confused, completely confused in that first half and didn't know which way to turn. So I think from that perspective, it it worked out quite well. There's something completely and utterly wrong in the Stretford camp at the moment. I don't know what it is. Can't put a finger on it, but it does seem that certain players that are, sort of getting a little bit long in the tooth and a bit old and not particularly happy with the standard of football that they're playing there and maybe might have been better off going somewhere else um, and it does look like the toys are coming out of the pram somewhat which is you know, to be fair, as a City fan, there's nothing more enjoyable than seeing a dysfunctional, disjointed Man United. Um, and, you know, long, long may it last. I feel a little bit sorry for some of the Man United supporters that are actually the quite reasonable and balanced one. But there's some complete tosspots that support Man United that I really don't care what they feel, to be fair. And I like seeing them get stuffed.
0: Um, but Stato, can I just pick up on what Steve said, this avalanche down this sort of left-hand side. Clearly, Pepper had seen something. Uh, it was very obvious to see that the all sort of, I mean, didn't see Mares in the first half at all. They had a kick of course didn't go down that right-hand side at all. Your thoughts when you saw that, uh, your reflections on that sort of, uh, with, and Steve's mentioned all the players involved in that sort of left-hand side.
3: Yeah, it was an avalanche. And I was... Pleased in some that. I know Sterling's performances have been much better recently uh, compared to say two, three months ago. But he never gets the right side of Wan Bissaka so for some reason. It's, whether it's psychological, he doesn't have a good game against the, the red side. Therefore, when he wasn't in the team, I wasn't surprised. I was actually pleased that Pepper looked at maybe our performances before against them and said, actually. Raheem, I'm not going to play you in this game, and these are the reasons. And then when he put Grealish in there, I thought, yes, I can see the close control, the dribbling, putting the pressure on them, and it worked a treat. Yet the first half, they fought reasonably well. They put put a high press on us, but they were never going to survive that for 90 minutes, the way that we can break teams down. And the second half was just a one-way onslaught. 4-1 was kind to, to them. It could easily have been five or six, quite easily. I mean, Gundogan missed a... Yeah. Well, let me put it kindly. It was a sitter about two minutes before we actually scored the fourth goal, and it was it was coming. We we were so good in that second half, and they were so poor. But it's a combination of the two. Uh, yeah, we just attacked, 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 and defended when we need to. There was an instance in the second half. I think it was Foden ran thirty forty yards back to rescue the ball and take it off them, and they never got a sniff. I think the closest they came in the second half was when Cancelo running back, put the ball over his own bar. Uh, we did that very well, actually, because it was a good f- two feet over the bar. They, I don't think Edison had a save to make in the second half.
0: So They, did, they just, didn't have a shot on no target in the second half. No shots on target no. at all second half, so it just no. tells you everything you need to know. So yeah. uh,
3: and they let, had a couple, Sorry, I was just going to say, all they had was a cup in the first half. The goal, and I think Fred had a, a near effort as well, and that was about it.
0: Yeah. Um listen let's uh, let's pick out one or two um individual performances and uh, we've been quite critical of sort of KDB the last few well <laughs> critical of KDB how can you say that but I've just said it anyway uh, but he hasn't been at his best but just the last couple of games and then at the weekend Spencer that was a masterclass wasn't it from probably one of the greatest players in the Premier League if not in, in the world
2: Absolutely. I mean, the, 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 with KDB, because he's, got, he's such a wonderful player and he's been so consistent over so many years, after that injury, uh, it took time to come back. And, you know, we all wondered how good he would be. Would he be back to his very best? But I think we've seen over the last four to six weeks that he really is back to his very best. Uh, and it's absolutely uh, a joy to see. I mean, he's in the right place at the right time, isn't he? He he commands uh, the centre of midfield. Uh, he's picking out those passes, uh, and you know, it's not wasn't accidental. He was there, you know, uh, for both of those goals actually. Uh, and I thought that uh, his link up with Foden with Grealish. Uh, he was he was very commanding, and we're we're, we're thrilled that he's he's picked form at the right time as we go into the business end of the
0: season. A word on KDB, and and I'll give you a second name then, Steve. Um, you might know who's coming KDB next, had, but but do KDB had an first.
1: Amazing game, he really did. Um, he just seemed to be making the team tick, and I think. He was appearing in positions that they just didn't know how to mark him or where to mark him, and most of the time there was nobody marking him. They just kind of lost sight of where he was. Him and both him and Foden seemed to drift about the midfield at will, um, leading McTominay and co a, a right merry dance. So yeah, no, very very good performance, and I think certainly his passing is back to perfection again.
0: Um, Phil Foden then is your case study then let's let's talk about Foden who just <laughs>
1: oh, what can I what can <laughs> say on me. his his control his range of passing his engine his ability to get back and tackle the strength that he showed in he just knocked Wambasaka to the floor at one point and you you would say physically there's a mismatch between the two of them but didn't look like it when when he, he whacked him to the floor um You go back to the Peterborough game last week and that pass that he played for Grealish was very much Yaya Torre, Kevin De Bruyne-type pass that was from one side of the field to the other, picking perfectly on a plate for Grealish. He really just had to take control of the ball, which I know it doesn't sound like not a lot and I'm playing it down, but the reality is he just had to control the ball and put it in the net, which was still a difficult skill to, to do, but the reality of it is Foden put it in the perfect place for him. He has come along in leaps and bounds about... A year and a half ago to two years ago, people were saying we should be putting him out on loan for him to get the right level of experience and playing time. And they were totally and utterly wrong. Pet was completely and utterly right and keeping him in the fold at City and giving him game time and keeping him around De Bruyne and keeping him around Sterling and all those other players. He has developed so far, so far. And you think about it, he's still less than 22 years old. The guy has got some way to go. You know, they reckon players peak at what twenty six, twenty seven. Christ Almighty! <laughs> I mean, what kind of a player is he going to be by the time he peaks? He'll be players like that now, it's unbelievable.
2: But we it's always have good. a we always have a little laugh in our family because my son is one exactly one year older than Foden, so he's about to turn twenty three. So I suppose Foden will be twenty two at the end of May. Um, I always ask my son Anthony, "Well, what did you? What have you made of your life so far?" <laughs> <laughs> No pressure he's incredible incredible player and the player if there's one player that epitomizes everything that's fantastic about Man City through this period it is actually him uh it's 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 dedication it's skill it's relentless chasing after the ball uh team play everything he, he's really absolutely outstanding
0: so you've got the easy job status now of just uh reprising on uh, KDB, Foden, and then maybe you just want to give us something on Jack Grealish and and the way that he's come through in the last few weeks as well. I picked those three out as being the three probably that stood out for me needing special mention. But but give us your view on KDB and Foden first before coming on to uh, Jack Grealish.
3: Well, KDB, we're all aware of what he can do. And on Sunday, he did it. uh, He was just superb, uh, sort of a 9.9 out of 10 I don't know why I dropped point one, to be quite honest, but I suppose nobody ever gets 10 out of 10. But hes it was as near a perfection as you can get to. He ran the midfield, controlled it, and did absolutely... It was brilliant. Foden was, again, a, a 9 out of 10. He did most things right. He, he, the only reason I'm giving him 9 and not 9.9 is he did put a couple of shots quite wide when he got uh, opportunities. But other, his, his overall play was just superb. The way he... Sort of got that ball down, over, and then down and shot for it, leading up to the second goal was superb. Great save by De Gea. Then it pinballed around a couple of times and and De Bruyne put it in again. Uh, But, yeah, Foden, brilliant. I'm glad you mentioned Grealish because he was my third one in there. He had an absolute, one of the best games I've seen him play for City. Uh, Doing what we are aware that he can do, that's why we paid a lot of money for him. Willing to take people on, dribbling down, setting things up keeping the ball moving and attacking at pace as well. I thought he had a fantastic game and I thought he had a great game against Peterborough in midweek as well. So hopefully the break he's had with his injury has given him a chance to rest, reassess and get back into the groove because we all know he's a talented player. Hopefully he can just get through the rest of the season and continue to do what we know he can do. So again, another
0: great performance. Uh, Steve, um, anything you want to add uh, on the Grealish front?
1: actually, the, the thing that I noticed from it more than anything else was the passion that he played with. He He's obviously played derbies in, you know, Villa, Birmingham, etc. In, in his days at Aston Villa. And, and I guess he understands that passion of two teams in the same city playing against each other. And you could just see it in the way that he was playing. He was really up for that game and, and he went into it. Absolutely at full pace and, and that, that is the best I've seen in play for City so far and long may it continue. He really does look the business now and definitely worth every penny we paid for him.
0: Spencer, got his mojo
1: back.
2: Yeah, definitely. I was going to say, I think that Grealish, um, really since he's joined, has obviously come into the, the City system, the one-touch passing, passing the short game, which is really rather different to how he was sort of the marauding midfielder, holding and running with the ball uh, at Villa. And here I, saw, I think we saw a little bit of both. Um, and I have to say, when Grealish is in full flight, holding the ball a little bit, weaving before laying it off, um, he is a sight to behold. And he rarely wastes the ball. You know, in the, in the final third, you've got to take your chances and things do and don't come off. Um, but he very, very rarely doesn't actually have a quality um, ball at the, end, at the end of it. So, um, yeah, excited at his progress, absolutely.
0: So 4-1 without a striker. No striker. What's going on? Who would, have, who would
2: have thought, eh?
3: It's amazing we can do it. I think that I'm not sure I'll lose track of the goals. There were well over 100 goals now this season. Um, and people, there's arguments both ways, isn't there? Because if we put a striker in there, we therefore do we lose a little bit of control of midfield because you're not having your Bernardo's, your Grealishes and all the rest. You can't play 12 players. Wish we could. But I'm just not sure. I think you need that option for certain games to have a top-class striker. Now, the issue would be if we sign a top-class striker, would they be happy not playing in some games? It might just have to be the case. So uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, Pep said he wants a striker. Um, we've got this um, the guy coming to us from Argentina, so Alvarez, so let's see what he's going to be like uh, and whether we need another top-class striker. I'll leave that to the powers that be. They know much more about football than I do.
0: And that's the point isn't it Steve you know Pep has said he's he's, he's clearly there's something in the pipelines that Pep doesn't tend to make these statements unless something's signed sealed and delivered I I reckon so clearly we're going to get a striker and as as Stato quite rightly says that just change the dynamic it says that we one of those creative midfielders have to step aside you're not going to play without a goalkeeper are you?
1: No, that's true, And uh, although we could have done on Sunday,
0: to be fair. No, you're not allowed to, actually, Most just to remind you, you're actually not allowed to. <laughs> the, 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 the law state you have to have a goalkeeper, just to be clear, anybody listening, yeah, you need a goalie, sorry.
1: Picking up on something that Paul said, um, I was watching the analysis on Match of the Day last night and Troy Deeney was asked what it's like to be playing against a rampant Man City and one of his comments was sometimes you actually look around and think have they got 13 players on the pitch Um, because they're moving around so fast and spinning around his head so he was very complimentary about it but yeah I think having a striker that's the one thing it may do it may restrict the number of chances we create at the moment we create a volume of chances Because we have got that many midfielders that are capable of running into positions that people don't always spot. They're not always following the interchangeability of them where they move around the pitch. And I think that actually creates more opportunities. Having a striker would potentially limit that a little bit. And actually, regarding the goalkeeper, I felt a little bit sorry for Ederson because at one point he was actually spotted, sat on the halfway line, squatting on his haunches for long periods of time whilst the play was at the United end and had nothing to do. I think he had a book with him.
0: Yeah, I think it was a 10-15 minute period. I read somewhere we had, what, 93% possession, or mean, ridiculous like that. It, just, it was crazy at one particular point. Spencer, your, your thoughts on the... Uh, it's, not, it's not as if it's the first time we've talked about this striker situation, but it's games like this that it doesn't make, make you smile.
2: Well, absolutely. I mean, I think we've been successful with sort of both systems, haven't we? It's a question, a little bit of football philosophy and a question of sort of how the team set up. But I mean, going back when we, you know, we used to have SAS, didn't we? You know, Sane, Aguero, Sterling. We were we were very successful in that format, um, and we've been very successful with the with the false nine format. So I think we can be equally successful in many ways w- with both. Just depends on getting the right players, the right uh, the right uh, you know team spirit, and the right uh, organisation. I think it's it's it would be fantastic if we if we have a, a top level striker. I do wonder whether Alvarez is the kind of uh, one to develop, and then the idea would be that he would be blended into the team gradually. And, you know, based on how he, he gets on, try and mould him as the new Aguero. Um, in some ways, I think if we sign a marquee um, new striker in the summer, and I'm just reading, you know, Haaland now is back in the frame, isn't he? Um, whether that actually might somehow change the balance a little bit overall, not for the good, because a player like that would expect him to be a central focal point, And that could, could change the balance around a little bit. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the summer.
0: And just going back to the weekend again and and seeing the Poznan back again, Stato, I don't know whether you're a Poznan fan or not, but just to see that around the stadium and and the atmosphere um, just must have been very special, wasn't it?
3: It was, I did participate in the Poznan in, in our stand, we, we did it, but I'm always a little bit uh, wary of missing some action. So I always, maybe it's just old-fashioned approach, I, I do the Poznan with my head turned to the pitch as well at the same time so that I can see what the, what's going on. So yeah, it's a great atmosphere and it was fantastic on, on Sunday, the, the way the fans reacted. Uh, so it's a combination too, is isn't it? The team play well, the fans react. The fans react, the team play well. It's a bit of bouncing off each other, but it, it was lovely on Sunday. I enjoyed every minute of it.
0: Well, the shame you lot haven't bounced off each other, so I think we need to time to recharge our batteries and have a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about Peterborough, uh, we'll talk about sporting, and we'll look forward to Palace as well on Monday. And we'll do that straight after this break. Welcome back. We've talked about the weekend. Let's, let's try and remember the FA Cup. Triumph that saw us into the last eight uh, against Peterborough away, a 2 0 victory. Spencer, your reflections on that uh, that victory against Peterborough. Well, we
2: all went into it expecting to win. Uh, there's no question of that. Um, I actually have a confession to make, Nigel. I had a ticket for the game, and it was a particularly wet, blustery, unhappy day. Uh, I think there was a tube strike in North London. And I thought to myself, well, it's on the telly. Shall I go or shall I not go? Uh, and I'm ashamed to say that I watched it on TV. Um, so you might want to expel me from the podcast at this point. Uh, but it was uh, it was in some ways a hard-won victory. I mean, when you come up against a team, I mean, they're battling at the bottom of the championship, aren't they? They didn't... They looked better than that. Uh, they were really... Um, Applied and uh, hard runners. I thought they gave us quite a tough game, especially in the first half. Uh, but I think I think quality wins out. And uh, as the time went by, it was clear that we were we were in control of the game. Uh, and it was worth it just for the Foden-Grealish interchange. I mean, the pass from I think inside the the the. Uh, in our half uh and the control that Grealish took there that was a pinpoint uh eye of a needle pass and it was not straightforward to take that Grealish made it look easy uh perfect first touch perfect execution and I think you saw that uh sort of release of great release of energy from Grealish it was like that really meant a lot to him uh and it was it was it was a good it was a good feeling I think we always knew we were going to win the game but uh,
0: it was it was not it was not an easy game I was about to say it was worth the entrance fee or the ticket price. But you didn't. You weren't bothered. You stayed. <laughs> well, you sat, sat on your I, have, I home. had paid the ticket price. To oh, okay. All oh, right. Fair enough. Yeah. All right then. So part-time supporter, Spencer. Um, thank you for that, um, Steve Cox. Your thoughts and uh, on the uh, the Peterborough <laughs> victory.
1: It was a hard-fought win in the end, really, because they they had worked out that the way to play against City is to pack your defence with 11 men and then try and take us on the break, which, um, they seem to, that seemed to be the strategy from minute one. And they executed it really, really well until we got to the second half. Um, goal was very, very well taken. Um, he seems to be very good at using players to disguise the shot that he's going to take. And generally the goalkeeper sees it very late as a result. In fact, actually the Sancho goal on the weekend was because Edison only saw it very late because it came round the side of a player. Um, and I thought that, you know, Peterborough actually did themselves really proud. Um, some of their fans were saying on Twitter that they had found it a pleasure to actually watch City up close and some of the through balls and passing into play that... That city made, and they actually enjoyed themselves despite losing. And I really hope they stay up. I hope they don't get relegated from the championship because they're a decent side. Good luck to them.
0: So thoughts, Peter Brown.
1: Yeah, the risk of upsetting
3: Spencer as a fair-weather supporter. Some of us braved the weather and went to, to the game. Uh, but uh, I know he goes to a lot of away games, so just teasing there. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great away day. Lovely um, atmosphere at the game. Peterborough supporters did their team proud. Their players tried their best. Uh, they had a couple of half chances, uh, particularly they had one early in the second half. But once we got that first goal, it was never in doubt. And it could have ended up three or four, I think, Um I think it was Laporte, Mister Sitter, as well, right at the very end when Stones headed it down to him. So I think two 0 was probably a fair reflection. Well done, Peterborough. A great little ground to go to, and enjoyed every minute of it.
0: Is that your first time, or well, there was a, there was a fixture a few years, a famous fixture a few years ago? And I can't remember whether you were at that one, Statue or not. Have you? Did you actually do both?
3: I did both. Yes, I saw Tommy Booth score in 1981. Also in the fifth round of the cup. Yes, I'm old enough for now. I think that season in 81, I went to every single cup game that season, including both Wembley visits. Um, Sadly, for that
0: second one. Are you, but, list- yes. Are you listening to this, Spencer? You listening- There's a proper supporter here. Yeah, yeah. Just because it's a bit windy. Doesn't mean to say you sit on your ass on your sofa, all right? I'm That's ashamed. a lesson for you. I'm of <laughs> you need to be. We're going to shame you all for the rest of the show as well. Um, excellent. <laughs> let's. Uh, I, I just want to. I just, if I can, just add my own words. I'm not sure if I can do as good a job as Spencer did in terms of that Foden to Grealish pass and, and the touch and the goal. It was absolutely sensational. And when it, when I kind of watched it back, I don't think Foden really looked up very much either. I just kind of it was on the halfway line, and Let, let's say just inside our half. I really don't think he looked up very much. He just kind of knew what sort of pace to put on that ball, where to put it, and Grealish coming over your right shoulder. That is not easy to take that ball down and to say that first touch and then to still add work to do, as they say, and and slotted it home. Absolutely brilliant and, and, and a joy to behold, and I'm delighted for the lad because we know he's a quality player and he maybe just needed something like that to to turn his, his season around. And, uh, and, of course, then we saw what he did at the weekend as well. So so delighted. What, what a great goal to watch uh, from your sofa or if you're Stato, from the stands because you made the trouble of making that journey in the wind. Um, there we are. Let's talk then about sporting sporting. then. We're, I think we're 5-0 up at half-time, I think I remember. Um, yeah, so Steve... Is he going to is he going to shuffle the pack? Is he going to rest some people? Is he going to keep this momentum going? It's always that difficult. Does he stick or twist? You know, we're not going to lose this tie. We're oh, not going to come to the Etihad and score six, so we're so we're through. But what does Pep do? What would you do? I suspect it'll probably be uh, a little bit of protection of some of the more important
1: players for the league games, um, and he may he may sort of rest a couple but put a relatively strong side out. And then if we manage to get a couple of goals, then he can sort of let it loose and sort of bring people off that he wants to protect for the Palace game on on Monday next week. Um, That was the thing I was worried about on Sunday, to be fair. The fact that, you know, United was starting to get a little bit more angry towards the end of the game. And I was a bit concerned that one of them would put in a a foot on um, De Bruyne or Bernardo or somebody like that, that we really need um, for, for... the future kind of thing so yeah a bit of protectionism I guess but it's an opportunity to give some of the youngsters a bit of a run out at home in front of the home crowd um, in a Champions League game I mean who wouldn't want to play in a Champions League game given half a chance so yeah I would hope that he'll give some of the youngsters a bit of a chance but he does tend to put out a fairly strong side in the Champions League regardless of what the result is we need to get.
0: Uh, And as I said before Stato it is about Momentum as well. He's got big, big. We've we've got what's it? Ten league games to go. We've got to win every one of them, really, to just to make sure. Um, We go to Palace on Monday. He he doesn't want to sort of rest too many. I don't think, does he?
3: Um, He can get the balance right. I'd love him to play a couple of the kids. Whether he does or not, I'm not sure. I don't know whether the uh, the youngsters have got a midweek game. I've not had a chance to to look at the fixtures. But I would like to think he'd give them a couple of them a run out. Play a couple of the players that didn't play at the weekend. I'd certainly give De Bruyne the a, a time off. I'd certainly give um, Bernardo the day off as well, put them on the bench. We're not going to need them. I mean, we're not going to score six goals. Either. We're being arrogant by saying we're 5-0 up, we're through. Um, so use it as a, a, te- a test game for some of the other fringe players and the, and the youngsters and, and see how we get on. Uh, we've got nothing to lose, really, have we? we, we we're going to get through. So try
0: it as best we can. And what do you hope to see from your sofa then, Spencer?
2: Um, Well, hopefully, a sort of TV meal. Or, or, or <laughs> I mean, <the> only...
0: <laughs> what are you going to have on your knees? I think we should talk about it. What do you think Spencer should have with his TV dinner? Is it to, a, a, done, microw- a microwave I, yeah. meal?
2: <laughs> my, Never... my Iceland special, my Iceland lasagna and the Diet Coke. The only thing I was going to say was I wonder what, 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 sort, what sort of crowd we're going to
0: get. Uh, well, not... you won't be there, so that, that's one.
2: I shouldn't have even said that, should I? Um, we're not great at turning out for a sort of slam dunk uh, game, are we? But midweek, um, hopefully, there will be a good support. Um, I, I, I will go if you would like to just uh, wing me over a ticket, Nigel, no problem. Um, yeah. And, um, but yeah, you'd, you'd like to think that, 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 that some youngsters will get a run out. I'm sure they will. But I'm sure they'll also be a pretty strong team for the reasons already stated. But uh, hopefully there'll be good support uh, for the game. Spencer, I've got a spare ticket for the game, so if you want
0: it, you're welcome to
3: have it, and I'll, I'll meet you at the ground.
0: Perfect.
2: Thank you very much,
0: Paul. A pleasure. Brilliant. Fantastic. Let's see. It's all happening on air as we speak. <laughs> Marvellous. Let's look to, forward to Palace on, on Monday night and uh, look forward to that. I like going to Palace, actually. Good old-fashioned ground and uh, we, we stand as you know in that corner um we're not behind a goal we're kind of uh, sort of on, on the side near the corner flag uh, with a big corrugated um thing that we all bash regularly throughout the game and there's a nice column as well if you're unlucky enough you've got a big column to look through as well so uh, look forward to that on on monday night um so, bit of a city connection there, as well, of course, with their manager, as I said earlier on, this is a kind of these are all must win games for city, um, not an easy place to go to. Is it, Spencer? What are your thoughts ahead of the Palace no, game?
2: I'm still still have flashbacks to the uh, the great uh, Andy Townsend goal, don't we, at the Etihad? Uh, it's not an easy place, and actually, I, I, I really enjoy. I, I, I've enjoyed watching Leeds. I also enjoy watching Palace. I'd say, in terms of um, you know, really like Patrick, what Patrick Vieira has done there. They've got some great individual talents. Uh, and this season Conor McGregor, and they've got, you know, Eduardo, so they've got some real talent there. So, um, yeah, I'd like to go to that game as well, if anyone's got a ticket,
0: you know. <laughs> well, I've got one. I'm, I'll see if I can get you another one, but uh, I'll certainly be there. Let me <laughs> I see that, if <laughs> I get a second one, no, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be in my top 10 of people to ask Spencer, don't you worry. <laughs> Steve, thought, Steve, thoughts ahead of the Palace game? I think it'll be a tough game, actually. Um, they seem to
1: be one of those teams that we find a bit of a bogey team from time to time and struggle to break down and get goals against. So I'm kind of hoping that we pull out the stops um, and really go for them this time Um, and put, you know, dear old Patrick back into his box. Um, Bless him. Um, He's a decent manager and I think he's done a really good job there, but we really need the points and I think we need to make it count now every single game between now and the end of the year. If we win that, then we could win the league. And I think... know, that's, that's the way we've got to look at it, one game at a time, and that's the next one on the list. We've got to do a good job against them. But they're a decent team. I really and what's them. the Sah- Sahar's a great um, play.
0: What's the secret then, Stato, to uh, a victory at uh, Crystal Palace on Monday night next week?
3: Well, we also have a better record at Palace than we do at home against them. It's one of those strange... It's like we did against the Reds as well. Um, we, turn, we turn that one round, but we do quite well at Palace on the whole. Um, we drew nil-nil there... I think after one of our long runs a couple of years back. But we've won fairly consistently over the past few years. Yes, it's always going to be a tough game because their fans are up for it. It's a big game for them, of course. But I just think if we turn up and do two thirds, 90%, whatever, 66%, well, you choose your own percentage of what we did against the Reds in the second half yesterday, then we'll we'll win. We've just got to, if, if our players turn up, we win.
0: Just a quick thought before we go. Um, we Something I forgot to mention, was, of course, we know who our opponents are in the next round of the FA Cup. And I think that's going to be a real tough fixture because they are a really good cup side, aren't they, Steve? And it's Southampton, of course, for those that don't know or can't remember. Um, so Southampton away is not going to be an easy fixture, is it, for us? No, it's not. Um, okay. We seem to—they're another team. We seem to struggle to break
1: down. They have a very good um, defensive record against us, and we've struggled against them for the last couple of years. Really, Hassan Hoot was a decent manager, um, and I think they've got some really good players. Actually, they—they they seem well organised, which is you know the, the the good thing and they know they know their task and they stick to it um, you know best thing about Southampton to be perfectly honest with you is 1976 then being United in the cup final when United thought they'd got it won that was that I really enjoyed and then Shannon coming and joining us I think the year after I think he did Nineteen seventy seven he joined
0: us really good player Mick Shannon great celebration great, great goal celebration oh we loved his goal celebration yeah, absolutely yeah 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 absolutely
2: well, maybe his grandson will be in the team has he played for Southampton
1: no, I just
0: made that. <laughs> Stato or Spencer, any thoughts on anything to add on Southampton before we go?
3: Tough game, simple as that. Uh, we'll need again to put our best 11 out there, turn up and deliver. And if we do that, we win. If we don't, we'll be under real pressure.
0: Brilliant. Listen, thank you very much to my three guests, to Steve Cox, to Paul Denby, and part-time supporter Spencer Debson. This is Nigel Rothman So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. If you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this show, contact us at playbackmedia.co.uk.
3: Sports Social Podcast Network.
2: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring